I just go in and let you know that the title is called God Our Father. And we are in the series of Family Matters. Thank you, Lord. And we're in the series of Family Matters. And the title is God Our Father. And the theme for February is sin. Yes, Lord. You all may be seated. Thank you, Lord. He's showing and he 
showing me why the understanding of family and why that it and why that it matters. And family may not be mother and father. It it may be sister, it may be God family, it may be friend. He he begins to just unfold and just gives me understanding of what it is. And to be a part of his family. And that I'm a part of his family and that he is my father. And at the end of the day, I will go and I will get be I will go and I will get to be with him. And so it gave me comfort on today. It gave me comfort when I read it. And I just wanted to share that with you all. I wanted to share that God is the ultimate father. He's the ultimate father. When he points, he wanted us to look to see the relationship with Adam and Eve, that he's the father because he could create a mother and father for them, but he didn't. So he's the ultimate father to lead us and to guide us and to be there and care for us and protect us. Because that's what I thought I lost. I thought I lost that when I lost my father. I thought I lost the protection. Who is going to protect me now? But God showed me it's him. It's him. He will do that. And Lord, I thank you. And it just leads me to Exodus 15, 22 through 27. And so as I read and I'll give you time to turn to Exodus 15, 22 through 27. And as I read these scriptures, my prayer is for you to see how God is visible in our lives as our father. To see the characteristics of a father that our God displays and how he wants to be a father in your life. And, I, and I'm going to read the, I think the first three verses and then I'll have you all to be seated. It says, Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea and they went into the desert of Shur. For three days they traveled in the desert without finding water. When they came to Mara, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. That is why the place is called Mara. So the people grumbled against Moses saying, what are we to drink? You may be seated. Then Moses cried out to the Lord and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw it into the water and the water became sweet. There the Lord is issuing a ruling and instruction for them and put them to the test. How many of us are failing our test? He said, if you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases that are brought on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord who heals. Then they came to Elam, where there were 12 springs and 70 palm trees, and they camped there near the water. God provides exceedingly above all things that we could ask for. And so I ask the question, so as I deep dive and as I read and as I get into the word, I ask the question, how did the people of Israel get here? And so they were led into a desert. And so God has, because at this point, and I go back and I read, because I want to understand it of how we get here. And so I go back and I read. And so chapters and verses before that, God had just delivered them out of bondage from Egypt. He had parted the Red Sea to allow them to escape their enemies. The previous verses show that the Israelites 
And so when he did, when he did that, the Israelites, they began to sing praises for what God had done for them and for saving them from their enemy. Now, God has now led them to a dry place. Now, they were just singing and they were praising and God had delivered them out of Egypt. And now they're at a dry place. And so a dry place, the wilderness. Now, God, you did all that to bring them to this place. And so as I began to think, and when my father passed away, I'm like, God, you you moved in 2021. I, I found my husband found me. We got married. <laughs> we got married and we we started a family and we, you know, we <laughs> and so then I said, Lord, you did all that to bring me here for my father to pass away. Like all of that, like I'm on a high. To bring me to this place, to this dry place, to this place where I, I feel, I feel like I don't know how to feel. I don't know how to feel. And so I began to think about like dry place, wilderness, wilderness, wilderness experiences is usually thought of as a tough time. So at this point, I'm thinking like I'm going through a, I'm about to go through a tough time. I'm about to go through a tough time in which we endure discomfort and trial. And so many of us don't want to be in the wilderness. We don't want to go to that dry place because the pleasant things of life are unable to be enjoyed. Or they may be absent altogether and one feels the lack of encouragement. All right. So we we at this dry place and we're like, Lord, where are where are you? Where are you? Like nothing is going. It seems like maybe nothing is going good in our lives. Nothing is just happening for us. And so we're at this dry place. And so as I learned that the wilderness experience comes after a mountain experience. So after the Israelites, they were they were having a mountain experience. God had just parted the they, He just delivered them from bondage. He had just parted the Red Sea. He had just destroyed their enemies. And they just sung praises and they were happy and they were dancing, giving praises to the Lord. And then now you bring us here. Now you bring us here. Lord, now you have brought me here. Thank you, Lord. And so after an achievement or an accomplishment in one's life, and it allows, and I thank God again for scripture because we we always think it's just us going through it. It's just us at this in this wilderness, just us in this dry dry place. And so the scripture points us back to Jesus. Jesus was led to was led by the Spirit to a wilderness right after he was baptized. Yeah. The Israelites were freed. From bondage in, in Egypt. God had parted the Red Sea, allowing them to escape their enemies, then leading them straight to a dry place. Wilderness experience is not a sign of sin. It's sometimes not a sign of sin, but a period of God ordained testing. Are you trust are you going to trust God and reach your hand forth when He takes you to that dry place? And so when we think about that dry place, we don't think about it's good. We think about that. What did I do to get here? But to know that in that dry place, Lord, it like God is trying to do something that he is trying to understand. We have to understand that periods of in the wilderness of periods of in dry place that God is that God is moving in our lives and he is trying to birth something. Because you notice when you're getting to that dry place, your ears become more alert. You, you see more of what's more around you yeah. versus when you're on that mountaintop, you can't quite see it because everything is just happening yeah. for you. 
And so he takes us to a place. And sometimes we run, we try to run from that place. But he's trying to say that place is okay. That place is okay because I'm there in that place with you. I'm there in that place with you. I'm there in that wilderness with you. I'm there in that dry place with you. I have never left you. Because we sometimes equate like if we're doing good, God is with us. If we're doing bad, God is not with us. And that is not the case. And that is not the case. And so God is saying embrace the dry places. Embrace the uncomfortable periods in your life. Where that he has brought you to. Not not talking about the uncomfortable period that you made a choice and to go down and do what you wanted to do. I'm saying it was to where he brought you to. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes. Amen. And I thank the Lord for just those because we run from those uncomfortable places. And to know that in those uncomfortable places, we can find God and that he's there to lead us and to guide us every step of the way. Every step of the way. Every step of the way. So I began, so when I think about, like I had just, before I got married, had went through like three three years of in this dry place, in this wilderness. And then I'm like, okay, I'm married, boom. And then I'm I'm back to this to this dry place. But God is just showing me that in this place that I am, in this place of grief, in this place that my family that we're in, that he's still there. That he is still there. And that he's still going to work it out. And that he's still going to take care of us. And that he's still going to do exactly what he said that he was going to do. And then they came to a place called Mara. But the water there was so bitter that they could not drink it. That is why it was named Mara. The people complained to Moses and asked, what are we going to drink? Because we are having a wilderness experience, we feel that we are lacking something. We quickly forget what God has done for us. And we immediately, immediately complain about what we don't have. If you go back and you read those verses before, it's, I think it's verse 1 through up to 21. They were singing praises, giving honor to God for what he had done. And then quickly, quickly, when they were led to a dry place, they forgot all about it. And that is us. That is me. At times that I quickly, when my father passed, I quickly began to question God. Why do you have me here? Why did you? Why? Why? Like, God, I was on this, like, I was on this high. I was on this mountaintop. I thought I was going to be able to ride this way for a minute. And quickly, you brought me here. Yes, yes. yes, Lord. And I just thought, like, Lord, I just went through what I thought for three years of wilderness. Like, I just went through it. I just went through it. I just went through it. And so then to bring me, to bring me back here. And so in those verses before, there was a great celebration among the Israelites singing and dancing as they declared their trust in the Lord. Now they are complaining. We rarely take the time to stop for a moment to look back and appreciate what God has done. Allowing that to be evident to know that if he took care of you once, he'll do it again. And so in the moment, they began to complain because they were in a dry place because there were no water. Not taking the time to look back to see 
where God had brought them from. And that's how we do it. And that's what we do. That's what we do. We quickly begin to complain. We quickly forget. We quickly forget what God is doing or has done in our lives. Because for that moment, for that season, it don't feel good. It don't feel good. Lord, I I don't want to feel like this. It don't feel good. But instead of embracing what God is doing in that season. And that is what God wants us to do in, in this. And he wants to in, the, in these uncomfortable times. And when we come to these uncomfortable periods, we still should treat them like we're on a high. Yeah. We still should treat them like they're mountain experiences. Yeah. We still should, even though that it seems like we're lacking, but we're, but we know that we're not, that we're not lacking anything. Yeah. God, our father is showing that his provision was there the entire time. So because we complain, we begin to, we don't see what God is doing. So his provision was there the entire time, but because we can't see it, because we have stopped trusting the goodness of God. We don't see how he is visible and how he is moving. We only see our own limited resources and we become bitter. Mm -hmm. And so the water was bitter because of the fact, because they they were bitter. They didn't see the water. They just thought that the they were they were bitter because they just began to complain because the water because they didn't have any water, but didn't see because because the water was bitter that what God could do in their lives. And so we don't see how He is visible and moving. We only see our own limited resources, and we become bitter. We complain. We doubt. We are faithless. They were just a witness to God parting the Red Sea. Were just a witness of God destroying their enemies. That he just parted the Red Sea, but doubted what God could do for them. That he could not bring forth something good. They were not protecting their promise. So if you go back and you read, God had given them a promise. They were headed to the promised land. And they were not in that moment. They were not protecting the promise because if they were protecting the promise in that moment, they would have knew that God had provided that God was going to provide that that situation just because it looked like that wasn't like that. And so God begins to see that. And I thank God for missionary Octavia because he ended up sending me the prophecy um, that God had spoke over our family, October the 4th, 2020. That he gave us a promise that we were going to be all right. And so in that moment when he said that, okay, I'm, you know, we're just, I'm thinking, okay, my daddy's health is going to get better. And that we, you know, we're going to be all right. But it didn't, it it wasn't that. My father passed away. But God promises are still his promises. And so he promised my family that we were going to be okay. And so that is something, and God has promised us that we are going to be okay because he sent Jesus. He sent Jesus. And so that we are going to be okay through the up and through the down. And so they took their eyes off the promise. God had already told them that they were going to the promised land. So why do you think in this very moment that he was not going to provide for you? Because they took their eyes off the promise. We have to protect the promise. We have to protect the promise that God is going to do exactly what he said he's going to do, even when it don't look right, even when it don't feel right. And Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. 
And so by them not protecting the promise, by us not protecting the promise, if I don't protect the promise that God said that I'm going to be all right, that my family is going to be all right, I will allow bitterness to come up in my life. I will allow complaining to come up in my life. And it will take a seat. And guess what? Those are roadblocks. Those are roadblocks. Those are roadblocks that I no longer have access to God because now I'm saying that my situation is bigger than him. I'm saying that what I'm going through is bigger than him and that is not the case. He is bigger than any situation. He is bigger than whatever we go through. Thank you, Lord. And so the Israelites failed to see how their affirmation of their faith, how they praise the Lord, and how we come in each Sunday and and we're at home and we're praising. We're saying, Lord, I thank you. I thank you. And it's so easy to roll off our tongue. It's so easy to say, Lord, I thank you for what you're doing. And I trust you. I trust you. It's so easy. So they were just saying in those previous verses, Lord, I thank you. Lord, I trust you. You're a warrior. You saved us from our enemies. But then they were not able. But then God began to test those words. He began to test those words. In the wilderness. And so how often do we fall into that very trap? How often do we say, Lord, I trust you. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I know you're working. And then we we go into this dry place and then we begin to question him. And then we begin to say, you're not here. You don't love, like, begin to feel that he doesn't, you don't love me. If you, if you don't, if you love me, you wouldn't have me here. You wouldn't have me at this dry place. And so I thank the Lord for just how he still loves us despite of our complaining, despite of what we say, despite he still loves us. And then Moses cried out to the Lord and the Lord showed a piece of wood. He threw it into the water and the water became sweet. But God being God, our father still provides. God wanted his people to see him take care of every take care of them in a supernatural way as he had already did before. He wanted them to learn to trust him even in difficult situations. Even in my grief, God will still show up and he will still show out. And so Lord, I thank and I thank the I thank God for just what he what he's doing because I know about a year ago when um I received a certificate for teaching and I remember speaking on and I remember mentioning me just being in this uncomfortable place. Um, and I, in this uncomfortable place where I moved school. And I was at Albany Middle, and then I went to Lake Park. And for a season, I was there, I was in an uncomfortable place. Because the situation, it didn't look like what I was used to. Um, the people were different. The atmosphere was different. The environment was different. The kids was different. So that is just what something that I was just used to. And so I was very uncomfortable. I was very uncomfortable in that situation. And so I just began. So as I look back on that, and so in that, if I complained my whole way through, I wouldn't have been able to reap the benefits of what God had for me in that situation. If I continue to complain, now I'm not gonna. I, I did at the beginning. I'm like God. I don't, I'm not feeling this. I'm, I'm I'm not feeling this new situation that you. Because I felt like I was in a dry place. I didn't have. I felt I didn't have anyone. I didn't have anyone. I was I was just by myself. But in but in that moment when God transitioned 
me to that place, he was he was birthing something. He was birthing something in me. And so, and then at times, and, and as I think about the Israelites, they began to complain because they didn't see God. They seen Moses leading them. But we don't look past the fact that it was God using Moses to lead them. And so as I think about that, like when I was in that comfortable place, like my pastor had mentioned for me to come. And so at that moment, I'm like, I'm, I'm being obedient. I'm coming, but I'm mumbling. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm uncomfortable. But I thank God for the transformation because he, he was able to see that he, I was able to see that God just used my pastor, but it was God that was speaking. It was not my pastor just wanting me to just leave and just come with him. It was just, it was God who, God was using him to speak to me, to, to bring me to this dry place because he was trying to birth something in me. He was trying to do something different. And so the Israelites didn't see that it wasn't Moses. It was God who was speaking through Moses to bring this them to this dry place so he can birth something in them. Because he got, it's more work for them to do. They had to do, it's, it was more work for me to do. So God had to get me, he had to get me prepared. And so when you come to these dry places, we look at it as a bad thing, but just preparation for what's next. So he's taking you to this place of isolation. He's taking you to this place where it's just you, where you feel all alone and by yourself because he's preparing you. He wants to talk to you. He wants to speak with you. He wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. Thank you, Lord. And they failed to realize it. They quickly complain as we do. We quickly complain. And so then the Lord issued a ruling and instruction for them and put them to the test. He said, if you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals. Who heals. God, our Father, gives us direction. And so in those dry places, in those wilderness moments, in those uncomfortable situations, He is wanting to give you direction. He is wanting to give you direction. He never leaves us out. He never leaves us to the to try to figure it out on our own. He tells us the next step in our lives, whether we fully understand it or not. He's a loving father because he also not only gives you direction, but also lets you know the consequences for your actions. And so God is telling us to follow him. Follow in this in this dry place. He's saying that I'm just trying to take you to the side for a moment. I'm just trying to get you uncomfortable because we know we always say that when we're uncomfortable, God is moving and he's trying to birth something. He's trying to do something. So when we're in these uncomfortable places and when we in this wilderness, that God is trying to just give us direction. And so not to run from it because God is a loving God. And so he's loving because he gives you the next step. You may not know where the end destination is going to be, but he's just so faithful that he'll give you the next step of what of what he wants to do. So God is setting them aside because God is saying, once you leave out of this wilderness, once you leave and once you from being isolated, you're going to go back into the world. And so we know how the world does and we know how the world uses and we know how the world abuses. 
So he wants to, to prepare us for that place. And so God is telling us, and he gives us the commands, and he gives us instructions, so we won't miss the mark. He is asking for his children to be obedient. Then they came to Elm, where there were 12 springs and 70 palm trees, and they camped near the water. And so when I read that, it just shows how God just gives you more in those dry places, in that wilderness, more than you, you could ever ask for. They were in a dry place that he gave, that even in their complaining, even in how they just doubted him and how they did not trust him, that he still provides. And so in these verses, I wanted you all to see that God is our father, our father who gives us direction, our father who loves us despite of, our father who cares for us, our father who provides and will give us more than what we ask for, but also a father who wants us to know that he wants us to be obedient. He wants us to be obedient because we walk, we walk each and every day and think we can do this and we can do that. But, and God is still going to bless us. That's his grace and that's his mercy. But he's still asking for us to be obedient. So in those dry places, in the wilderness, God is wanting us to be okay with those places. He's wanting me to be okay that I'm in a season of grief. He's wanting me to be okay with it. He's wanting my family to be okay that we are in a season of grief. Because it it shows in his word that even in those dry places, even in the wilderness, that he is still going to provide. He is still going to see about it. He is still going to do exactly what he said that he is going to do. God did not allow the Israelites to stay by the sea, singing their glorious praise. He did not keep them on the mountain. Instead, God led the Israelites into the desert, allowed them to be thirsty, and gave them bitter water. This adverse situation tested the faith and endurance of the Israelites and provided the occasion for God to teach his people an important lesson. Expecting to live the Christian life on a continuous high is not only unrealistic, but it is unbiblical. Thank God for the times of victory and elation. But do not expect things to stay this way forever. So God is just preparing us just for those times. Just just for those times and letting you know it's okay. And to embrace those times in the wilderness. Amen. 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 Amen.